Welcome, people of the internet. Come in, come in, come in. Make yourselves comfortable. Uh, stick on the kettle while you're at it, because this is the Bitchin' Brew podcast, episode number eight, or as I like to call it at the moment, Bitchin' Brew season two, episode one. I think sounds a lot cooler. Uh, my name's Danny Rand, and I'm going to be your host for this. And uh, I know it's been a little while since the last podcast. I realise that it's been a little over six months now. Might even be seven months. Uh, I do apologise for the absence I'll spare you the full story because there's a massive statement on my Facebook page but to sort of nutshell it if you will uh, I've made the decision to call time for now on Randon's Reviews which is the blog that this podcast was originally hosted through I had a lot of fun doing it uh, but now Bitchin' Brew is kind of an independent project entirely on its sort of own merits and I really really can't wait for this exciting new chapter in its saga if you will um, now that's out of the way let's talk about who's on this episode of Bitchin' Brew because it's really really cool way back in February uh, I had a great chat with a guy called Jamie Holker Jamie is the man behind the uh, video-based music blog slash website Start a Riot. Uh, you may know him from his uh, Thank Punk It's Friday videos, which are these awesome weekly roundups of uh, everything cool going on in the world of punk and emo and alternative rock. Uh, but he also films a lot of cool live videos and interviews for his YouTube channel. Uh, if you go to the Start a Riot channel on YouTube, which I'll leave a link for in the description, uh, you'll see loads of interviews with the likes of Neck Deep and Kevin Devine, uh, Me Without You, Boston Manor, Can't Swim, Wallflower. Honestly, there's loads on there. Um, Jamie's a real dude. He's so funny and chilled out and interesting to speak to, and we've been bumping into each other numerous times around festival season. He's become a really good mate, so I'm really pumped to get this podcast out at last. Uh, we talk about Jamie's influences and how he got into what he does today with Start a Riot. Um, but we also, as you know, as is tradition on the Bitch and Brew, uh, go down very tangential routes which never really actually have an ending, some of them. Uh, we talk about genealogy. Uh, we talk about late 90s pop music a little bit and uh, there's a bit of crossover into n- n- late 90s, early noughties emo as well. Uh, there's talk about dogs because dogs are great. There's talk about pugs. Um, there's a really cool segment about our respective punk scenes. Jamie lives in Manchester and I, of course, live in Southampton. Uh, Jamie had driven down for So Punk Fest in February, which was mentioned quite heavily earlier in the year on the episode with Kate Coulson, who put the festival together. It was definitely a sort of a weekend to remember for all the right reasons. So many great bands played, and we recorded this on the last day of the festival. It was a little while ago, as I mentioned, so there are some bits I actually had to cut out, including a rather awkward bit about Chad Gilbert and Hayley Williams and a sort of what-if-they-split-up chat. I think it would have been weird if we kept that in. So there are a few strange cuts, hopefully not too strange. Um, there's also a little bit of background noise as we recorded this in a coffee shop in central Southampton. Um, but I think that's kind of bitch and bruise thing now to sort of capture the ambiance of a coffee shop. Um, shout out to the Bargate branch of Metrics for letting us stay a little later to record the end of this podcast. If you're ever in the city of Southampton, go and get a coffee or a, a cocktail at Metrics, uh, depending on what time of day it is, because they are the best. 
We're going to dive right into the podcast with Jamie in a few minutes' time, but first, something really, really cool. Uh, when I went about relaunching and, if you will, sort of restructuring Bitch and Brew, I w- really wanted to double the podcast up as a platform for new and underground bands to get their music out into the world. I did it a couple of times on Ranton's Reviews, and it was it was really, really cool to do when I did that. So I'm pleased to say that what you're about to hear is the world premiere of the brand new single by a band called Venture. Venture from Kent. Um, They've been around for a few years and I've really been loving what they've done thus far. But this track, it's next level. It's part of a double single release, which is out next Friday in its entirety, the 25th of August. Uh, the song you're about to hear is called You, its counterpart is called Me, rather fittingly, uh, but You is a um, is a top shelf summer banger, it's great pop rock vibes, sort of in a similar vein to bands like The Excerts or Kids in Glass Houses or, you know, even like You Me at Six when You Me at Six were still good. Um, you should um, you should really keep your eyes and uh, and ears out for this band. They are called Venture. Uh, you can find them on Facebook and Twitter. I'll put the links in the description. Stick around after the track for a, a great chat with Jamie Holker. But in the meantime, this is the world premiere of Venture's new single, You. Check it out.
Yeah, what you're about to hear is the the sound of a man who stayed up until three in the morning, having the best time to Oasis. Not me. <laughs> but you. you should have. It the was most, good. The most northern-sounding Swedish man I think I've ever met. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not actually Swedish. My, my entire family, for about ten generations, is from the Lancashire area. Um, but my name is apparently Swedish, of Swedish descent. My last name, Holker. Have you Have you ever like felt tempted to go down that sort of genealogy? Who do you think you are? Route. And my granddad's find... really into it. Yeah. He retired a few years ago, and he's got like super into it. But it's on my mum's side, and uh, obviously my name comes from my dad's side. So um, mm. yeah, like. That's how I know that my entire family are from Lancashire, yeah. which possibly makes me the most northern man alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my dad's side, yeah, apparently it goes... I think my granddad on that side did research into it, and it does go back to Sweden, but, like, years and years and years ago. Yeah, has he found it, out anything interesting? It may be a myth. Um, not really. My, my grandma... Uh, this is weird and and, like just super obscure but my grandma doesn't really know uh, her like biological family or something my granddad's wife obviously Um, and he's trying to like find her like grandparents or something but but they they like it's all got lost in the war because they were like refugees in World War 1 or something or maybe World War 2 I don't know (laughs) something like that (laughs) I've always been really interested I think my surname comes from French. We managed to find a Chateau de Randon. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely. So I've always been kind of interested to, uh, to you know, to, to find, delve, to, to to delve, delve deep in. into it. But I don't have the time to breathe, let alone to find out about my. my you past. could be like Danny Dyer. You could find out that you are actually related to royalty. Yeah. Like Danny Dyer. Who do you think you are, you mug? <laughs> I think it's the full full name full name yes. of that episode. That is brilliant. <laughs> I love Danny Dyer. He's, He's the best. Have you seen Human Traffic? No, I've not, you know. I, wa- I saw him in Severance. I think that might have been the first thing I saw him in, and I was like, it's just genius. He's brilliant. The brilliant thing is that he's not even an actor. Yeah. That is just it's who just he Danny is. Dyer. Absolutely. Unless Danny Dyer is a character. Do you remember, like, Dapper Laughs when he tried to p- pretend that that was all a character and he wasn't actually a... Yeah. Can I swear? Yeah. He, he tried to pretend that he wasn't actually a cunt when actually he is a cunt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Danny Dyer's is not a cunt, though. No, Danny Dyer's not Danny a cunt. Danny Dyer's great. That, if, you, if you haven't seen Human Traffic, it's Danny Dyer's... I think it... I'm right in saying that it was his first ever actual film. Yeah. So he's proper young in it. I've seen Traffic. It's oh, okay. Not, no, it's not a that very good. different film. Yeah. Very different film. It's basically about a bunch of, you know, a bunch of just people who are sick of their day jobs and just wait until the end of the week to... This light came out in the late 90s do and it punk. makes... Pardon? Do a punk, do a rave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was all the sort of the trance boom of the, yeah, yeah. Of the late 90s, Ministry of Sound and all that, but it's basically just documents a just a mad week, weekend in Cardiff, like a full 48-hour bender. Yeah, I think I never watched it because that is possibly the worst time in music in all history the late 90s are you not because uh, everyone talks about how great the 90s is and I'm going back early and I'm 90s. to a lot yeah. early 90s yeah late 90s was terrible do you remember Steps 
I do remember Steps. My... Spice Girls were great, but they are the cause of all the shit that came after him. Steps, Atomic Kitten, uh, like Sugar Babes, all them. Sugar Babes actually have some... Sugar Babes were naughty, though. They actually have some kind of tunes as well. Round Round. Uh, what's the one? Push the Button. Great yeah. song. I yeah. love that song, actually. Yeah. Um, I, uh... Westlife. Fuck them. I, I've seen Westlife. I... The fact that they had that kind of record of every album they ever released went to number one. It's yeah. me sick, man. That's when the music industry died. <laughs> it had a brief resurgence in the early 2000s. And You've just had no faith in it since. Well, My Chemical Romance, you know. Yeah. Again, you could blame them for killing rock and roll, but <laughs> it doesn't mean that they didn't release two and a half of the greatest albums ever. Yeah. And uh, what are your thoughts on Five? The band five. The band five, who are now three. If I am <laughs> if I am very drunk in a in I don't know, some kind of pop world esque club, mm. then I, have I could get north. down. We have one in Liverpool, not in Manchester to my knowledge. We have one down here in Southampton. So we we have a whole village, uh, the gay village which in Manchester which plays probably plays five every weekend. Um, but yeah, the music is kind of terrible, so I don't go to it often. But yeah, five like I don't like it. I'd never put it on. I'd never even put it on a cheesy playlist because I don't want to hear it when I'm sober. But yeah. I'll probably I could get down because five will make you get down. Five will make you get down singing one, two, three. Four. Oh no, that's not five even. Five make you get, get down now. Yeah, that's get that on one. down. Five bad boys with the power to rock you. <laughs> Exactly. On that motif, Jamie, welcome to welcome <laughs> to Bitch and Brew. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, this is cool. Tell me about your Bitch and Brew at the moment, because you were getting pretty pumped about the fact that they serve Diet Coke here. And I love didn't... Diet Coke to the ends of the earth. Um, people may call me a Diet Coke fiend, um, and they'll criticise how much Diet Coke I drink, which is probably about six cans a day if I'm allowed, if I can afford it. Um, but the same people will also drink like six cups of tea in a day and not think anything of it. Yeah. So I take great offence, but I've actually gone for a strawberry milkshake because I am a, a large child. Yeah. <laughs> Man-child, some might say. My mum would definitely say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's made with local ice cream as well. So yeah, I, I kind of want the additives though. I, yeah. Like, as as horrible as they are, and ninety percent lard, I do like a McDonald's milkshake. The uh, McDonald's banana milkshakes are the best. My, I love McDonald's breakfast. Right. Mm-hmm. McDonald's breakfast have got to be one of the one of my favourite foods. You're not a vegan then. Definitely not a <laughs> vegan. Um, Me neither. Yeah, we've. Uh, I have no beef. No that, beef. That was no pun intended. <laughs> I have no beef with vegans. And I think long term I would like to go vegan, mostly for political and environmental reasons. Yeah. Uh, I did a part-time carnivore thing when I was in my first year because I had a friend who was so vegetarian that she was basically a pint of milk and a block of cheese away from being vegan. She wouldn't right. wear leather. She wouldn't, you know... Yeah, yeah. Anything that caused heart, you know, serious harm or death to the animals. She, and she convinced me to go, like, vegetarian for, like, three days a week. And I don't think I could have done it if it wasn't for mushrooms. I hate mushrooms. That's what puts me off. I'm quite a fussy eater. I hate mushrooms, and I feel like if you're vegetarian or vegan, 
you eat mushrooms a lot and I yeah. can't do it. I can, I can totally, like, I think I could probably go full vegetarian if it just meant living on a diet of mushrooms. I read a, I got a, this is really, shows my age and how nerdy I am. I got, my girlfriend got Rick Stein's India, the cookbook. Oh, Rick Stein's a boss. And apparently, like, loads of people in India are vegetarian and they just eat, like, loads of vegetarian curries, so... Mm. Curry is my favourite food of all time. Oh, you should have been here for What the Fest. They set up like a vegan curry stand on the end end of the bar. Nice. You know where all the music mags are in the joiners? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They just set up like loads of hot plates with um, with like vegan curry and that sounds like my jam it was it was the best it was pretty good it was like cauliflower and uh... I was uh, I went to Grows Rock with Punktastic last year thank you Punktastic again I did uh, I shot go. all the um, acoustic sessions for the Just Like Your Mom catering thing yeah so we had like Muncie Girls and and uh, we were supposed to have modern baseball but I think they were ill or something anyway and just like your mom were like hosting it, it was like a not like sponsor, but it was in association with them or whatever. And their food, they're like a vegan caterers, and it was so good. The vegan kebabs they do taste like tastes better than actual like yeah. meat. So good. If I could eat that every day, then I would 100% <laughs> go vegan, but very expensive. Going back to Diet Coke, I I think Diet Coke is probably the best of the Coke varieties because I, agree. I yeah I I think. I, I like Coke Zero, but Coca-Cola, I oh know, it's a bit of a sham, isn't it? It just tastes like Coke. Yeah. Uh, it's Co- like, if I'm going to drink Coke, I want the sugar. You know yeah. what I mean? Coca-Cola always gives me, it always makes my teeth feel funny. Yeah. And I'm always going Weird like, aftertaste. I'm always going like, making these horrible noises like. That's why I'm really on Diet Coke. I'm also very offended by the uh, gender stereotypes that Diet Coke is very heavily marketed to women. Yeah. But, you know, that's just me. Is that another conversation for another time? Perhaps? I think it might be. <laughs> I don't think, as a straight white male, I am Entitled. very, you know, equipped to discuss the intricacies of gender roles. Although I did do a cultural studies degree, but uh, I'm still a straight white man, so no amount of education will give me that experience. <laughs> um, so you went with the strawberry milkshake. It's pretty good. I've kept in... I'm in keeping with the brew side of bitch and yes. brew. I've gone for... I'm the bitching. Yeah. I don't mean I am bitching, I just mean I bitch. You you are a bitch. I am a bitch. Yeah. Um, the bitch is back. It's cool. We've had all sorts of varieties of drinks on Bitch and Brew before. A brew doesn't have to be a tea or a beer. I it really be... enjoyed the milk tea shotgun in the beer. Oh, thank you. That was... Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, I think that's what hooked me in, you know. I don't think I've told this story yet. Yeah, a lot of people complimented that, but... <laughs> Uh, after that night, about a month later, I saw the guys at the Kerrang Awards because I worked there. And oh, yeah, you were saying the other day. Yeah. Um, my job at the Kerrang Awards last year was uh, stage assistant, which means I had to dress up as a druid in a homemade costume <laughs> that my girlfriend made in like two hours and, hand, and hand awards and envelopes to the award presenters. Nice. And um, you didn't even get to give it to the people who won. You just no, but um, because a day to remember were playing that that award ceremony, I you know I was walking around backstage just before the show started, dressed as a druid, dressed as a druid, and they saw me and they were like complimenting me on the outfit. <laughs> they and so we ended up we ended it. up chatting for a little bit, and they won best international band that night. And I think it That's might fair. be Kevin, the guitarist. 
uh, as they were walking up onto the stage, I just had to stand there with my head bowed. I had like a hood thing on with some like chiffon, like a layer of chiffon over it, yeah. so it like obscured my face. And um, Kevin went to fist bump me, but I literally <laughs> had to turn down his fist bump. Ah, uh, no. As if I didn't see it at all, and he he let me fist bump him after the show though, so <laughs> nice. that was alright. So right. you got your fist bump in yeah. the end. So look, as I was talking about my brew, mm-hmm. it is from Wawa Tea in Winchester. Um, if I've got that name wrong, I'm gonna Google it afterwards. But just got told about it. It is Lapsang Souchong, and I've never I've never had Lapsang before. It is a smoky tea, and I must admit, it tastes delicious, but the smell at first reminded me of barbecue sauce. Like, if you smell that, it smells like barbecue sauce. Yeah, like really smoky barbecue sauce. Like really, like the Jack Daniels barbecue sauce. I've got to say, as a northerner down south, because I don't know if you said we're in Southampton. We are. I feel like that is the most southern thing that I've experienced this weekend. Not Not only just the whole thing, you talking about the tea... The fact that I don't even know what those words mean or are. <laughs> and, yeah, that's the most sudden thing about true, this weekend so far. Right, I am quite northern, I have to say. How, how long have you lived in Manchester for? So I'm originally from a very small, well, it's not that small, a small town in Merseyside uh, called St. Helens, which is famous for rugby and glass. It's where play glass was invented. Is it where Johnny Vegas and Ginger Wildheart are from as well? I didn't know Ginger Wildheart was from there. I think he's from St. Helens. I don't know about that. I'd have to fact check that. Johnny Vegas definitely, yeah. Round his house all the time. Mm. Big up. Big up Johnny Vegas. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, and I've lived in Manchester on and off since I left. Well, I don't want to say that because that'll describe how old I am, which is old as fuck. Uh, <laughs> 28. I'm <laughs> 28. I've lived in Manchester on and off since 2010. Yeah. Uh, all around South Manchester. I currently live in the city centre, which is boss. You have to go to a lot of shows, roughly two or three a week. That's right. And uh, when, did, uh, when did Start a Riot become a thing? When did, when did I start a riot? Yeah, when did you Boom. start a riot? Uh, the January 2015, I believe it was January the 22nd because I just had my second birthday. Um, I think second. I had a little party. Yeah, 2015. 2017 now. I don't mean my personally, I mean oh, Start well, Riot. Like... Start Riot is me and I am Start Riot. We are one. I thought you were saying your second birthday is in your personal second birthday, which. <laughs> I, I think you might just still be drunk from yeah, the Yeah, I'm like those, club those people night. that are born on uh, leap year. My, my birthday is only once every 14 years. <laughs> so I'm technically only two. No, yeah, Start Right has been going since January 2015. Uh, after a, I had a lot of free time um, and I wanted to do something productive with it. And I'd kind of fallen out of music, I used to work in TV and film and I, I basically took up my entire time that I had no free time. So I missed out on a lot of bands. I met a guy who told me about Basement and, and they just broke up at this point that I found out about them. That was good. And I started listening and was like, holy shit, I've not heard a band like this since like the early 2000s. Yeah. That kind of sparked me to like look for new, more new music. And I thought it was quite difficult to actually find music that, that I cared about um, like there's great sites out there like Punktastic has been going for years obviously but 
Punktastic's great, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't um, know about or or I'm that interested in. So yeah. I wanted some. I know it's quite niche, but something really specific to like kind of the more emo side of punk and the more emo side of pop punk yeah. and emo and. Uh, yeah, like alternative rock as well, and you know, just basically what my taste in music. Um, but yeah, kind of honed in on that. Yeah. That most is, mostly around emo. Is that what brought you down here to? Because context. Yeah. We are on the final day of So Punk Fest. So if my voice sounds a little bit not as uh, haggard, as clear as it usually is, it's because I've been drinking for two days and sleeping in Kate Coulson's. Uh, Room, absolutely, on a camp bed, which well, I brought with me, which was a good move. She has done so well this weekend, incredible. Just shout out, Kate Coulson, shout absolutely out. smashed it. So, Punk Fest has been excellent, yes. Yeah, so, is that what kind of led you down here? That love for, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, there was quite, quite a few reasons why I wanted to come down for So Punk because I've never been to Southampton before, it's a great city, everyone has been so nice, and um. Like quite a few people have come up to me and been like, oh, do you do that show? And I'm like, yeah, and they've been so nice and I like, welcome him, which is awesome. It didn't really, I mean, I guess everyone that watched in Manchester, I kind of know him or I see him all the time at shows. So to come somewhere else and have pe- to see people actually watch the show, because I don't know, I just put it out. And there's like numbers on the, the internet, but you don't know if that's real people or yeah. some robot. Facebook robots telling you about my views. So, is there much of a? I know you were mentioning some people this weekend have been coming up to you and going, "Oh, you're the you're the thank punk it's Friday." Yeah. And you're kind of like, "Yeah, that I do that, but you know." Well, I, I, don't, I don't mind. Like, if people just want to watch thank punk it's Friday, that's cool. Like, aside that, because thank punk it's Friday has only been going for just under a year. So I think I did episode 47 and I missed a few when I was at festivals and I just couldn't shoot it. Um, but I started that because I wanted to do some kind of weekly content that made me do stuff every week, made me put stuff out every week. And also gave me a chance to talk about bands that I might not be able to get an interview with because they're too big or they just don't play Manchester very often. Like AFI, the last time they played Manchester was 2011, I think, um, on the Crash Love tour. And... Um, so I started it as a way to like talk about bigger bands or or bands that I might not have time to interview or and or film their shows or whatever. And yeah, and so punk like was going back to that. The reason I wanted to come down was because the lineup's great. There was loads of bands that I wanted to see again, like Wallflower. Absolutely love Wallflower. So good. They're gonna do big things this year. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, can't wait to see them on that decade tour as well. Uh, apologies, I have on so good muskets. They stayed at my house. They're. Uh, Good boys, nice boys. <laughs> um, great, great music as well. Can't wait for their album. Um, and then loads of bands that I've not seen before, and I wanted to see like uh, Ashwin's band Night Swimming. They were really good. They blew me away. Fresh, yeah. um, fresh were fun. Fresh was so good. We've we've had George on the podcast before, and he is just absolutely fun-loving, great. Yeah. His love for music has never. Like is just as, yeah, as it would be as like any kid that goes. Well, to I show. felt I felt myself going that way. Like, you know, I think you were implying that people who get older kind of just listen to the music they like when they were younger and don't really mm. listen to much new stuff. And I thought I was kind of going that way. And there is a bit of gap in my knowledge of a few years where I. I so what? Out. What's the sort of the gap? 
Maybe um, I can educate you. Probably like 2010-ish to 2014. Like, the, I still listen to music, obviously, but I basically just listen to Thrice. Thrice is the artist in the ambulance on repeat for about four years. Okay, yeah. Great album. Well, yeah, it is. For all of the albums you could have played on loop for four years, you could have done a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, oh, well, that and the devil got a rage inside me. Yeah. But I just got really got into that Thrice record, like, ten years after it came out or something. I don't know why. I, I bought it last year. I've, I'm a very late bloomer when so it comes good. to Thrice. It's just, I saw them at Riot Fest all 2015, and they were incredible. I'd see, I saw them with Brand New at Wembley as well, at that Wembley show that Brand New did. And they were good, but they were mostly playing new stuff. Yeah. At Riot Fest, they played loads of stuff off the Artist in the Ambulance, Visu stuff. And, um, oh, v- the, Visu I got before the Artist in the Ambulance, uh, yeah, so that yeah. was kind of... Actually, my first album that I got was 2013, I got the Anthology album, uh, yeah. the, the live album. Right, yeah, yeah because it was three quid on an HMV clearance and I'd heard loads about this band and it, it was good but it never really took me to like a thrice obsession yeah, and yeah. then I listened to Visu and the artists in the ambulance and you know I think thrice are one of those bands that that don't get spoke about that much in the press I don't know maybe they just were never a cool band or whatever yeah. obviously the artists in the ambulance did really well for them and but I read a great article in Pontastic by Ben Tipple, he used to be the editor, mm. and he wrote a big feature on them when the new album came out, and he said that after the Artist in the Ambulance, they could have gone anywhere, like they could have been the new Take Max Sunday or Brand New or whatever, yeah. and they just went, yeah, we're just going to do something really weird and heavy and, and dark. Was that Alchemy Index? No, that was Visu yeah. after the Artist in the Ambulance, and it's a great album, but it's completely different. And yeah, I think because they didn't, I don't know, chase the mainstream or whatever, maybe people turned away from them a little bit at the press. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I'm not a journalist by any stretch of the imagination. I'm I just was going to say, music. you are the first journalist that we've had on Bitch and Brew, but... Well, I'm not a professional, so I wouldn't... I don't know. I, uh, would you consider me a journalist? Well, did you, did you kind of, um, like, watch things like... Zane Lowe on Gonzo. Um, oh, yeah. Big inspiration for Star I get a lot of Gonzo influence, like, because they never really had anything like that on Kerrang! TV. That, no. that was always sort of MTV. It's never character. been like presenter led interviews or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, Alex Baker has done a few. Yeah, lately. I've seen some of them, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just trying to copy Star Right, mate. <laughs> With much more money and much better production. <laughs> and. I don't know Alex Baker, he's probably better than me on it. That's fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, was watching Gonzo growing up, you know. I know people hate Zane Lowe, and you know, I don't think they hate him, you know, I think he's a terrible person or whatever, I think they just find him annoying, and that's fine, but he is kind of annoying, but he's also great, and you can tell he loves music so much. And Gonzo, yeah, I love, I listened to, a, I think I listened to a podcast with Zane Lowe or something when they talked about Gonzo and he, they just did it really low budget. He was like, no, was no, I just wanted to be so simple. Yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he was just like, no, I want it to be really simple. Like, I don't care if it's low budget, if it looks crap, I just want to be on a couch. I just want to talk to bands, make it a bit weird, I don't care. And I don't think, like, that's not what I was trying to do with Start Riot. I just wanted to interview bands, but... 
but yeah, like I love that kind of casual style. And I definitely don't ask because I don't work for anyone, and I don't have to ask certain questions or whatever. Mm. I just ask the things that I want to know about from bands that I like. Much, like, much like I do on here when we talk yeah, about exactly. you know genealogy and living up north <laughs> and and diet yeah. coke. I have much love for Manchester, though. I'll talk about Manchester for a lot. It's got its faults, but it's a great city. So, is there much of a, like, a community like there is in Southampton? Because I've spoken with loads of bands this weekend for a thing that I'm doing for a publication. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking... One, one of the things I was talking about was the fact that it feels like you don't have to be a, a band from Southampton to be a to band be from club. Southampton, to be yeah, yeah. part of the, like you say, the club or the community, I think. It is very inclusive in the way that it welcomes bands from, like we saw Pet Library earlier, they're from Kent, and Don't Worry, who are playing just as we left here to come and record, were from Essex. Mm. But you've got loads of bands coming over from Brighton, and I think part of that has to do with the fact that the ranch is here. Yeah, which is, yeah, you know, I think so, yeah. Big in terms of, you know, go to recording studio for a lot of bands here, but. Is there a similar vibe of any sense in, in Manchester? There is. Uh, one thing I noticed about Southampton, a lot of the people playing and like in the crowd is like a lot younger than Manchester. I'd say you know very much early twenties, even late teens. Some of them. Whereas Manchester, there are a lot of people like kind of mid to late twenties, which is cool. But yeah, I think the scene's a bit older, and I think. Um, there's not really a lot of emo bands from Manchester yeah. like there are from Southampton. Like, I don't think if you did So Punk Fest in Manchester, you'd get as many bands of this kind of niche genre like that isn't really emo, isn't really punk, isn't really hardcore. It's kind of somewhere. In would would all you get groups. a sort of similar DIY ethic or? Yeah, we've got Manchester Punk Festival, which is awesome, and bigger Manchester Punk Festival. The, uh, the three kind of companies that put that on as well, they do lots in Manchester. So Moving North particularly, one at uh, Kieran Kelly, shout out. I'm sure lots of people will know Kieran Kelly listens to this. Um, so he, what, what, what does he do? He is a promoter. He does, runs Moving North, um, and he puts on loads of great bands. Like He's putting on Modern Baseball um, next week. I think that's with another company, uh, CMH, who are an independent company as well, who are great. And the thing about Manchester is because it's so big, it's just so big, there's so much going on. The scene's a lot more fragmented, so there's a really big indie scene. There's very much like indie, like kind of lo-fi indie, not like Manchester indie, Manchester. There's a lot of that, obviously. There was a lot of that last night, wasn't there? A lot of... <laughs> there was, psychedelia, yeah. Um, and then there's a big, really big punk scene, like there's a lot of crust punks come down to MPF and... But then the, you do get this this niche in the middle of bands like MPF have got a fantastic lineup of these kind of bands like Muskets, Doe, uh, Muncie Girls, uh, Ship Present, um, Martha, Onsins. Like there's there's loads more on the lineup as well that I could uh, talk about. But yeah, the, even in the wider context of MPF, like that is a niche. So it's funny that Manchester Punk Festival has a niche within it. Um, because headliners like paint it black and strike anywhere, like you know, kind yeah. of straight up punk bands holding it down for the underground. Yeah, and you know, it's those bands are great, but um, it's not like what I'm super into. You know what I mean? I, 
like I'm someone who is currently wearing a 2005 era My Chemical Romance t-shirt. Is this Three Cheers era? Yes, yeah. This is the font from the Three Cheers album cover. Uh, it's the I Don't Need Your Friends, I've Got My Own t-shirt, the red one for everyone that will definitely know that t-shirt. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, but as someone who kind of grew up on Brand New Take Back Sunday, My Chemical Romance, you know, the, the kind of straight up punk isn't necessarily like my my bag like I can definitely get down to it I'll definitely you know crowd yeah. surf or do a rock or whatever but for like I feel like it's a weird niche that doesn't didn't really have a set place um, I think Upset Magazine's doing cool stuff now kind of within that niche um, and you know obviously the big publications like Koran and Rock Sounds kind of have a broader view of it but I didn't think there was anyone really digging into the depths of it, so I thought, you know, I've got a camera, I can talk shit, I might as well just do it in my spare time, and it's kind of, I didn't expect I'd be doing this two years later, no way, like, I didn't expect that I would be sat doing a podcast about this stupid website that I created, yeah. YouTube channel, and I had no aspirations to be, like, a YouTuber or whatever, I just presented it because... It was easy. Like I, I'm always gonna be available, you know, for me, because I am me. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if I got a presenter to do it, then I have to be like, oh, are you free yeah. to do this? Whereas I, I do every like people. I have people who help me out. My girlfriend helps me out. Thanks, Harry. Shout out. Like she'll help me set up and stuff. But and I, I've done two camera interviews in the past, so I've I like had other people shoot as well. But I've decided to keep it simple recently, so yeah. I, I pretty much do everything. Like. Were you were you ever kind of apprehensive about uh, finding yourself caught up in that, you know, uh, purest cynical standpoint towards YouTubers? Because I think a lot of people see like vloggers with almost, you know. As not, I know exactly what you mean. I don't know how to put this because I've got friends who are vloggers and they do a very good <laughs> you job. You don't want to slag them off. Yeah, no, I don't want to slag them off because there are vloggers out there who do very good things. Yeah, there are large parts of YouTube that are very cringe, and I think we all know, you know, the kind of things that are cringy about YouTube. Hi guys, here's what's in my makeup bag. Yeah, but YouTube, you know, the great thing about YouTube and the internet in general and platforms like, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that shit, is if you want to start a ridiculous fucking news show where you green screen yourself into space and talk about some band that five people have ever heard of and then film it and put it on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, you can and literally no one is going to stop you. And even if people go, that shit, why are you doing this? You can just go, because I wanted to. Whereas before, you couldn't do that. You couldn't have... just film some shit and get it on TV or the radio or whatever. Have you ever thought about changing what's on the green screen behind you? So you have, like, I did. I bet... David Attenborough-style, like, <laughs> you know, you just have I had snakes, a brief... like, striking at mice behind you, so it looks like it's trying to bite you. I had a brief interlude where I was floating through clouds rather than space. I'd come down into, the, like, the... Not the stratosphere, the one below that. I don't remember my geography terms for the atmosphere. But, um, yeah, whereas, like, in a whole new world, you know, floating through the clouds. And, um, in fact, the most viewed Thank Bung It's Friday has got, like, quite a few thousand. is because it was when Misfits reformed. Right. And, again, no one was really talking about that. I was like, this is the fucking Misfits. Like, I'm, I'm not 
you know, the biggest Misfits fan in the world, but I knew that was big news. You went to the Riot Fest show, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. You could not get near the stage because what they didn't really say was that no other band was on at that time. The whole festival shut down, only Misfits played. They put the screens on the stage next to it because all the stages are two stages next to each other and they just swap over, there's no gaps. You couldn't get near it, the whole festival was there. Um, And it was really good, um, but I feel like a terrible person because I know so many people would have killed to be there. Um, But at the end of the day, I paid to go, so fucking, I can do what I want. Um, (laughs) And I thought it was great. And I did feel like I was watching history, but at the same time, I'm not the biggest Misfits fan. And I feel like if you weren't the biggest Misfits fan, it wasn't the best gig I'll ever go to. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. I, I never saw him. Did you Did you see Creeper while you were out there? Yeah, yeah. Me and about 20 people. But it was sick. We started a circle pit around a bin. It was about five of us. Sounds more like a trash talk show, to I watched. Fair. I watched them with Ian's girlfriend, Sean's girlfriend. Um, the cat uh, and just some other like and it was like a little UK crew that we had that were watching Creeper it was awesome there were quite a few people from the UK came this year I feel like I went the year before or last year sorry I went the year before and I didn't know anyone that was going and this year there was so many people that I knew I kept bumping into people that I knew in Chicago at the best festival in the world it's like this is so awesome Great city. I really want to go again this year, but <laughs> it was it is expensive. So. so with the logo for Start a Riot mm-hmm. and the name, I must ask, seeing as we're in 2017, how many riots do I start? No. Um, how how are you feeling about the 10th anniversary of Paramore's best album? <laughs> how did you know that that is what it's named after? <laughs> it genuinely is that bit of. Uh, oh, it's uh, um, uh, that's what that's you get. what you get. This heart will start a riot yeah. in me. Let's start, start. Hey. Yeah. So people, people might think it's from the Rancid song or the Blackout song. It's not. It's from Paramore. <laughs> the I, would like to I would like to clarify. I interviewed the Blackout and I never put it out. I don't know why. It was really funny. I just, I just funny guys. Sean Smith is hilarious. I think he said. I'm not gonna repeat it. Anyway. That's cool. um, yeah, I love that album I think it's brilliant I don't think Paramore are the greatest band in the world I think they have amazing songs like even the, the new album which some people hate on like How Can You Not Like Still Into You it may be a pop song but it's the best pop yeah. song Ain't It Fun is like yeah great song I saw them at Leeds in 2014 when they headlined mm. um, well co-headlined but they were on last so they headlined with Queens of Stone Age um, yeah they were great they were so good the amount of shit I know about early 2000s emo is, is ridiculous people yeah. people slate me because I don't know that much about 90s emo not that anyone slates me no one gives a shit <laughs> but like I love Wash the Bemo and he talks about 90s emo all the time and I'm like I just don't know these bands because I wasn't I was like yeah you know, 10 and 6 in the 90s or whatever. You know, yeah. The 90s was a long time, so I was between 2 and 12. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I just, no one, you know, I'd never heard, I never listened to Mineral back in the day. No. When I was 8. So I've been catching up on 90s emo. I've been listening to uh, Pedro the Lion. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, well, American football, I've been into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw American Football Art Tangent last year and it was good. It was like... It was good. The most chill. Well, no, it was great. I was really tired and I had to drive um, about four hours right after their set. 
something like my enjoyment and it was raining a lot anyone who's at Arctangent will know how much it yeah, rained yeah I think we might have spoken about this on the, the Kate Coulson cast yeah so much rain the Kate cast just so much rain 2000 Trees it's funny because they're like two sides of the same coin um, Arctangent and 2000 Trees and 2000 Trees was the sunniest festival like as a ginger man I fear the sun I also like the sun, but I definitely got sunburned and was sick in a field that weekend. And then Arctangent was the complete opposite. Like it's like literally sun and and moon. Like yeah. Those two festivals. It sounds like not in a musical sense because I dig certain math rock and emo bands, mm-hmm. but in a festival sense, the atmosphere, the rain, is just I'm such a wimp. Yeah, I don't like rain. I'm not a fan. Every- Shout out to no rain. I got to Southampton also, despite the fact that was I that live in Manchester. Was that a blind melon reference? A what? Was that a blind melon reference? Band yeah. from, I think they were the 90s. They had a song called No Rain, it was big. Ah. Well, despite the fact that I'm from Manchester, a city which is widely dubbed Rain City. Good tattoo studio called Rain City in Manchester. Um, it, it, I left Manchester on Friday, it was not raining. I got to Southampton, absolutely hammering it down. So much rain. What's that about? Yeah. I thought it was always sunny down south. Is it a different kind of cold here though? Because when it's cold down here, it's real cold. Like, it's by the sea, isn't it? It's like Liverpool. When Liverpool's cold, it's bitter. Like, yeah. Really but bitter. is it like a consistent cold in Manchester, or is it? It's not always down... cold in Manchester. I'd like to stick up for it a little bit. There is some sun. Um, there's more greenery in Manchester than there is in like London. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when it's sunny, it's nice. Manchester, it's really cool. I like it. Big I look. think we're going to get kicked out of this coffee shop in a minute. But be. I did want to ask you, as like a final thing to round this off, is uh, how much am I going to regret this when I hear it back? Absolutely. Um, no, what I was going to ask is, uh, I found out while we we're walking here that uh, your girlfriend has a pug. Yes. And my girlfriend has a pug. Yes. And I just wanted to get your opinions on what it's like to be the boyfriend of a pug owner. I had a pug chat with Ian Miles last night as well. Yeah, he just got also a pug, right? a pug, yeah. That pug, he's got a black pug, which is pretty adorable. Have you got a fawn one? Uh, yeah, Gilbert's fawn. The, the pug is called Gilbert, and he's named after the artist duo Gilbert and George because the family also have a, a chihuahua called George. Who, okay. He's a little ginger, looks like a fox. He's awesome. He's my best friend. Cool. And uh, Gilbert is like my best friend's friend. Right. Um, I like I like pugs. I really like dogs. I do like pugs, but I feel like one. Th- I feel like people need to research pugs before you actually get one, because you don't realise how much noise they make, how noisy they are as dogs. They yeah. snuffle a lot. They snore a lot. And dogs smell like you know a lot of dogs smell, but <laughs> no dog smells as bad as a pug. Have you? Have you? I don't know. Why we found how we found this out, but we found out that our dogs paws or putties as we call them, because they are like pads. Yeah, yeah. Um, his his paws smell like watsits. No, I've not smelled that, and there's no like cheesy smell. Yeah. I don't really want to go into the reasons why Gilbert smells because it's it's a bit 18 rated, mm. but he enjoys a certain thing that Donald Trump is rumored to have enjoyed. I'll let that sink in. Okay. It involves the other dog, not me or another right, human. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. He enjoys oh, so being weed is on. Is it? That is what I'm getting at. Oh, right. I don't Are know why. Are we going to need to put like a defamation thing here? 
I said rumoured. Allegedly. Rumoured. Allegedly. The news reported it, so... <laughs> fucking... They're going to come thought, after the BBC before be they come after like us. like, real weird, like Richard Gere, like, a, who allegedly liked putting <laughs> hamsters up his bum. Right. <laughs> I love that South Park episode, which is all about hamsters up bums. Little Emmy Winks, where he goes through the... The colon of Mr. Slave. Have you seen it? No. It's so good. I'm not a Watch fan. it. Oh, do you know what? They've got they're hit and miss sometimes, but that episode is genius. I feel like it's just eight 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 bit Family Guy for me, to be honest. Oh no, it's better than Family Guy. Come on. Do you we know could, what? We could be here all day, and the coffee shop is closing. But it's closing. Jamie, thank you for being a part of the bitch and brew. It's been Thanks a pleasure to have you here. And safe drive back up to Manchester to Thanks go star. hang with your boys in the Wonder Years. Yeah, I don't know if I'm shooting that show now. Well, I definitely wouldn't get there in time. But, uh, yeah, no, I think it fell through, but oh well. Safe drive back up to Manchester. Now. I'd only be going for pop. <laughs> no, I'm tiny moving parts. And a bit of the Wonder Years. And a bit. And a bit of Trash Boat. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a bit. So, that's another bitchin' brew in the bag. Thanks to Jamie Holker of Starter Riot, not only for being such a lovely guest on the podcast, but also for his patience in me... Uh, for not putting out this podcast until now, more than six months after it was fucking recorded, um, go and like Start A Riot on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Start A Riot Music, and you can also follow Jamie on Twitter, that's also just at Start A Riot Music. Uh, while you're on there, uh, we have a new Facebook page. Uh, thanks to the Facebook police not letting me change the name of the old page. Uh, the new Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash b.brewcast. And uh, Bitch and Brew is also on Twitter. It's a much simpler username there. It's just at Bitch and Brewcast. Uh, so come over there, come and give me a follow, come say hi, I'll say hi back. Um, oh, thanks to the guys at Venture as well for letting me premiere their new single, You. Uh, like I said, You is out with its uh, sort of uh, counterpart single, Me, next Friday on the 25th of August, so keep an eye out for them. Um, like I said, links for their Facebook and Twitter are in the description. If you are a band who has an unreleased song that would like to premiere said song on the Bitch and Brew, I'm all ears. Come and drop me an email. My email address is b.brewcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'll obviously give you a listen. I'm open to all ears. Uh, all is that doesn't even make sense i'm open to all sort of alternative genres so uh come and hit me up we'll have a little chat um it won't take six months for the next podcast to arrive it is recorded and uh, my guest on it is the man the myth the legend himself uh, mr tom denson uh, of Brace Yourself PR and formerly the frontman of a legendary Southampton hardcore band who are no longer together called Kerouac. Uh, make sure you subscribe to hear that one first. It's a real good and until then I'm out. Bye bye now. <laughs>